Hello everybody, welcome back to the football cast today. It's only me because Oscar is away, but there is nothing to worry about because we still do have plenty of football to talk about, including the top four race, which has just heated up, the title race, the World Cup group stage and the UEFA Champions League. So remember, if you do enjoy, keep listening and follow on Spotify and also stick around for the question at the end. So we're going to get straight into it and this weekend was not the greatest for the top four races for clubs including Arsenal and Manchester United. Brilliant though for Tottenham Hotspur. Now on Sunday we started off with a, a, a brilliant win for Tottenham Hotspur. 5-1 against Newcastle at home which has boosted their hopes of top four putting them into fourth place for the moment with five goal difference clear of Arsenal. Now Manchester United again dropping points this time versus Leicester City who drew to them at Old Trafford. So Manchester United now drop down to seventh behind West Ham in sixth, Arsenal in fifth and Tottenham Hotspur in fourth. This is getting really exciting and the reason this is is because Arsenal, yes, they do have a game less than Tottenham Hotspur. We know that. But just remember, I'm going to stress and stress and stress this. Their game in hand is Chelsea. A win against Chelsea for Arsenal is obviously what they would want. But it's not looking, not looking very likely at the moment. Obviously, we saw Brentford absolutely batter Chelsea um, on the weekend. But it... For Arsenal, once they've got back on form, it's going to be very un- unlikely. So, the the Manchester United game, uh, wrongfully, really, Leicester City could have come away with a win because the way we saw, the way we saw, um, the way we saw Leicester play was brilliant. Um, they did have a, a VAR out goal by James Madison in the 80th minute, which is very unfortunate for them because I think they really did play quite well. You know, shots shots in total were dominated by Leicester City so and then their possession was only just dominated by Manchester United Manchester United started to pick up at the at the end um offsides for Manchester United some really good good defensive work from Leicester City um they're really getting used to that 4-2-3-1 even though it hasn't been a very good season for them um Wesley Fofana getting really good as well um and I think the way that the way that Manchester United play is really bad, and they are in dire need of a new manager. Obviously, Ten Hag leading the leading the candidates out of Rangnick, Pochettino, and and obviously Ten Hag himself. So I think Manchester United need a rebuild, and it should be very obvious that they're looking for a rebuild. As I've said several times, obviously um, North. Um, the Midlands derby, uh, Wolverhampton versus Aston Villa. We saw Wolves come away with a 2-1 win there. Uh, Ollie Watkins score a consolation penalty in the last 10 minutes. Looking statistic-wise at the game, we did see Aston Villa dominate slightly, but uh, Wolves Wolves did very well in the first half, and we know what they're like. They'll get the win, and they'll they'll get the two goals, and they'll sit back. And it's it's a very controversial style of play, but it seems to work several times 27 crosses from Aston Villa um really really it's a shame that they couldn't do anything as well 11 shots as well so 
that was that was the Midlands derby. Wolverhampton Wanderers have the bragging rights yet again. Um, obviously, early this season, I think it was the same result. Also, Chelsea were smashed by Brentford, and I I'm not surprised. It's it happens every every time after the international break because Chelsea have so many international players. Kante, their strikers, Ziyech, um, Werner, Alonso, all of these players playing internationally, having a break over the two weeks. Not good for the players. So they have been. A f- really really badly battered despite having 70% of the possession 12 corner kicks and 37 crosses they managed to get smashed 4-1 it's a really poor result obviously now you could consider it a race on for Tottenham to catch Chelsea because there's only a few amount of points between them. Five points is the total between Chelsea and fourth place, which is Tottenham and Arsenal tied. So, that was Saturday. We saw Burnley lose to Manchester City as well, and Liverpool beat Watford. So that did put them temporarily top of the table. But now there is still one point between Liverpool and Manchester City. Now we move on to Sunday, and it was a brilliant free kick from Aaron Cresswell that got West Ham United underway against Everton. Um, they they did end up winning the game 2-1. Michael Keane getting sent off. Jared Bowen with a quick follow-up goal to make it 2 for West Ham after Mason Holgate's um, equaliser. A, a good overall game. We saw some good good play from both sides. A lot of shots. A lot of p- an equal possession. Some a, a red card. Some good amount of crosses. It was a very very even game. But um, obviously we we expected West Ham United to come out on top. Tottenham Hotspur versus Manchester it's Leicester. Le- sorry, Newcastle United was the um, last game of Sunday. Now it was a. It was a perfect performance, really, from Tottenham. Really good. We played really nicely and compact in the second half. But in the first half, I thought we just had the ball for so long, but we just couldn't do anything with it. And that was the problem when when we were moving the ball around in the first half. Obviously, Ben Davies only just scored before the half. So we had about 40 minutes of possession before Fabian Schaar opened the scoring. Some horrific goalkeeping once again from Hugo Lloris. I think it maybe it's time to consider a new goalkeeper, including Onana, someone free this summer. Um, possession was heavily dominated by Tottenham, and I'm not surprised because we did play very, very well in the second half. And I think it's really, really working having Kulisevsky, Son and then Harry Kane. People have started to say, oh, Harry Kane, he's one of the best passers in the Premier League, which I don't think it's not ridiculous. It's not an overstatement. It's a very fair very fair very fair, very fair judgment, but there are definitely other players that could be coming ahead of him as well. Um, I also thought that a player in particular that was absolutely excellent was Christian Romero. He's just been so consistent this season and there's been, really when he's playing, there's been no mistakes from him at all. And I know he has been injured for half the season or so, which could which could doubt um, us signing him. So obviously um, we do have him on a loan to buy, but I think we have to sign him. He is such a good player and his defensive work is incredible. His long balls to Son are incredible. 
Um, and I think he's, he is the overall centre-back that we need. And if we could get another centre-back like that instead of someone like Ben Davies, I think it would be perfect. Because Eric Dyer, he's good. He knows how to step out. He knows how to pass the ball. And it's a really, it's a really good... Um, it's a really good two players in there. We just need to get that final centre-back. Um, and I was also thinking before the game, the full-backs are incredibly horrific. And seeing Matt Doherty play on the left-hand side, I think it's not terrible. He's started to pick up for me. He's got some loads of assists and goals in the last month, but I still think he is overall quite poor. Regulon is injured. Sessegnon is injured. There should be other players to play there. Ben Davies should be playing left back. Maybe have Tanganga at centre back. I just, I really think that Matt Doherty and Emerson Royale are really not the right people for those fullback positions because we need someone who can attack and cross. And how many times did we see Ben Davies playing a really nice ball over to Emerson Royale, but Emerson Royale just not being able to cross was a really, really, really continuing just problem. And I think it would not be. It would not be right to have two incompetent um, attacking fullbacks, so that's why I really don't like them as as um, as footballers. Um, but otherwise, I thought the attack was incredible. Dejan Kulusevski once again a masterclass from him. Hyungmin Son got the goal. Harry Kane didn't quite get a goal, but man of the match, which was debatable. He was he was great. Obviously, several assists to his name, and we broke down an overconfident um, Newcastle United. And I think that is that is fair enough. That's where we normally do um, come out on top against the lower team. So we've just got to keep winning. We've just got to keep keep on winning. Hope Arsenal loot drop some points, or hope that we can beat Arsenal, and then I think that that's that 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 would just be perfect for us. Obviously. Crystal Palace did beat Arsenal 3-0. Now, this is vital for the top four race. Crystal Palace have give, done some brilliant stuff for Tottenham Hotspur here because Arsenal have a game in hand, as I mentioned, but against Chelsea, and then we have five goal difference ahead of them as Tottenham Hotspur. Looking very promising, a North London derby between both the clubs to come up. This could go either way. This could go either way, but I still think that I'm going to stick with it. I've said it all season. I think that Tottenham now are in a pole position to get top four. And I'd like to talk a bit about this Arsenal game because it was horrific what I saw. Some players in particular that I saw were incredibly bad were Thomas Partey and Alexandra Lacazette. They were poor. And the problem with Arsenal is they did some terrible business in January by getting rid of Aubameyang for free. So they have no real quality backup striker. So in a, in a game like that, they have to suffer with bad quality play from Lacazette, which did cost them the second goal. And then and not have any attacking threat at all because... Saka looks so shut down. I think it was brilliant from the from the Crystal Palace defence, and then it was it was just all over the place for Arsenal. Thomas Partey was horrible, couldn't make a tackle, couldn't make a pass, but some on the other hand, a brilliant performance from Crystal Palace. Two players I was incredibly impressed with was Gwehi and Mitchell, the two young Crystal Palace defenders. They were absolutely excellent yesterday. Um. 
they, their defensive work was brilliant. Mitchell's attacking work on down the left flank was excellent. Um, Connor Gallagher's passing, as always, was brilliant. The whole front three for Crystal Palace scored. Um, Wilfred Zaha with a good penalty. Some really bad defending from Martin Odegaard to give away the penalty. I thought Nuno Tavares and Cedric Soares obviously change with the fullbacks as Tierney does have to do a set for knee surgery. But it's not looking good for them and I thought it was poor all round for Arsenal, brilliant all round for Crystal Palace. They'll be they'll be ready for this FA Cup semi-final and if they get to the final, it's a brilliant achievement for Patrick Vieira who's only been in charge for a year. He's done some excellent things. Obviously, they're targeting a top half um, finish and they're ninth, but there is a huge gap, 12 points between eighth. So that that looks like where they're going to finish and they've been they they do deserve it. They've they've been absolutely excellent. So that's that's where I think on the top four. And now I'm going to talk a bit more about the title race. Now, two wins for both the sides in the title race this weekend on Saturday. Um, Manchester City got the better, of course, of they got the better of Burnley and Liverpool got the better of Watford. But what does this mean for the title race? Liverpool did go momentarily top of the table um, until about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, but Manchester City do still sit top of the table and there is no games difference but we do have a Liverpool versus Manchester City game coming up this Sunday I believe that this will be the title decider and here is why the quality in these two sides is not it, it's not it's not going to lose right we see we've seen the friction list and Manchester City is comparatively much better than Liverpool's and I think and I think that really Manchester City should be winning every game on that list the same with Liverpool but they have to play each other before they get to the easy fixtures whoever wins on Sunday is going to have the upper hand because these squads are very very good they are ready to play lots of fixtures and win them alongside the Champions League and the FA Cup so if Liverpool do win on the weekend that means they go two points ahead of Manchester City with so much more goal difference than them if Liverpool can just keep winning if they beat Tottenham they beat Arsenal perfect perfect for them that will be the title for Liverpool but if we see a draw things could go up to the last day I think if we see a draw I wouldn't be surprised to see Manchester City getting the title this season because they're not going to lose so you see where I'm coming at from here obviously Liverpool their fixture list it's not it's not hard it's not easy but for a team like them it's not hard they they have Manchester United Tottenham Hotspur and I believe Arsenal as the three hardest games on their friction list Manchester City have none of them so I that is why Manchester City debatably could have already taken the title obviously that's that's a very broad statement and I and I don't think that but I think Liverpool will probably find a way to to exploit Manchester City this weekend. Obviously, obviously the referee that Jurgen Klopp really doesn't like against Tottenham um, is is on in charge of VAR, so that could get very interesting. I think it's going to be a very exciting game, so I I recommend watching it. Um, and it's and it's only going to go get more dramatic from there. The 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 gap dif- the point gap difference between Liverpool and Manchester City could become. Um, Five and there, and there, Manchester. If Manchester City win this game on Sat Sunday, 
the title looks like it could very well be theirs. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too shocked if they do win and win the Premier League title. Now that is that is all from me on the Premier League. Now, what I'd like to talk about now is on Friday, the release of the World Cup groups came out and something surprised me about this World Cup groups and it was, it was a, it's, it's a cliche, it's a cliche phrase. There is no group of death and so group of death, obviously, when, when there are three or more teams, three or more teams with, um, uh, good quality. So, I'm going to re- I'm going to read the groups out, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna sort of think about, and I'm gonna sort of I'm gonna sort of you know, sort of explain how there is no group of death. So obviously we start off with Group A, which has hosts Qatar included in it. Obviously automatic promotion for the host nation, and then following. Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands. Now I'm not, I'm not going to talk too much about what I think the final standings will be because that will be in a following episode. So that is a very easy group for Netherlands. So I, I, that's not a death really group of death. Now group B, England, Iran, USA and the European playoff. So that's Ukraine, Scotland or Wales. It's it's a really really easy group for England and they should definitely be topping that. And I think it's a dream group, but the route to the final is not so easy. Um, also, I'm going to talk about that in another episode. Hopefully, Oscar will be back by then. Group C, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland. Again, a really easy group for Argentina. There's no competition there. Whether Mexico get a second and Poland, that might be a bit of competition, but it's nowhere near as much as some of the groups we saw in the Euros or in... Or in you know the, the previous World Cups. Now Group D, and, and another really easy group for France. They've got France and the international playoff one. So that probably I think is Australia or someone like that. Denmark and Tunisia again an incredibly easy group for France. Group E could probably be considered the hardest group. They've got Spain, an international player for I don't know who it is, Germany and Japan. Spain and Germany, we obviously know we're going to go through. There's two spots for who goes through, but it, I think it depends on who can win the most games between Spain and Germany. And and they've they've and you know Germany didn't get very far in the last World Cup, but they'll be wanting to get even further this time. Group F, again, easy for Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. I, there's no there's no sense of competition or excitement in this group stage for me, which is a disappointment. Group G, again, Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, Cameroon. And then Group H, slight competition between, you know, second spot. There is Portugal, Ghana, Uruguay and Korea. Ideally, Portugal and Uruguay will go through there. So that is, that, that is where... That's where my concern comes from. Is it going to be an interesting group stage? I don't think so, but I think it will be. It will come down to the. Uh, it will come down to the result of your team. Obviously, England for us. Now, no Italy, as as we didn't get a chance to talk to you on the on talk on the last episode, and there is a really hard route for England. If they do top their group, which is probably most likely, they will play Senegal in the round of 16 if they finish second in Group A, which isn't too hard. But then we will play France in the quarterfinals, which is again a really tough fixture. The world champions up against England. 
Again, a really, really tricky fixture. But if we somehow manage to win that, we will have Belgium in the semi-finals. And then if we win that, we will probably have Brazil in the final. So it's not an easy route for England, unlike, um, unlike what we saw in the Euros final. But an easy route for Brazil could be very, very, very favourable for that South American country. Now, Champions League is happening, and it's happening tonight. It is the Champions League quarterfinals that get underway this week. We see four fixtures between eight sides. The semi-finals have already been decided. Benfica versus Liverpool, Manchester City versus Atletico Madrid, and then on Wednesday, we see Chelsea, Real Madrid, and Villarreal, Bayern Munich. Two huge fixtures coming tonight, both including Liverpool and Manchester City. I'm really excited to see Benfica play Liverpool I think they do have quality of course and then obviously Manchester City have quality against Atletico but who will be able to come on top come on top I think it's quite self-explanatory for the first game Benfica just don't have the quality to beat Liverpool and Manchester City do have a lot of quality but I don't think Atletico Madrid will be able to get past Manchester City but then we move on to the next set of games Chelsea Real Madrid Obviously, I really like Real Madrid. I think they're, they're, the way they play is very modern and it's very good. Carlo Ancelotti has a really good grip on European football. I think Real Madrid will will take this draw. It's not it's not the easiest draw, of course, but I think Real Madrid will will want to. Will, will they have they have a pretty good chance of winning? Um, Second leg at home, as we saw last time, um, they they did manage to pull it back. So, wouldn't be surprised to see um, Chelsea coming out on the bottom because obviously they're a good team but on bad form at the moment losing Bayern Munich I think are just going to smash Villarreal so badly that I think it will be over by the first leg and I, I I think obviously they had a disappointment in the first leg last round only one only was it was it nil nil um, against RB Salzburg it was a disappointing result for them of course but then they've managed to turn it around 8-1 or something on aggregate so I think Bayern Munich are going to smash Villarreal out of the park that's my prediction for the Champions League and I think that's if Liverpool beat Manchester City, if, be, if Liverpool beat Benfica, they have to play um, whoever wins out of Man City versus Atletico Madrid. So Liverpool ha could have to play Manchester City three times in May this year, in the in three times in April this year, in the Premier League, which is confirmed, in the FA Cup, which is confirmed, and maybe in the Champions League semi-finals, which is very likely. And then obviously, whoever wins in the quarter-finals out of Chelsea, Real Madrid and, and Villarreal Bayern Munich will play each other. So we could be seeing two crackers of a game, Manchester City, Liverpool and Real Madrid Bayern Munich, which could be very, very interesting. So that's it for the Champions League, the Premier League and the World Cup. So I'm going to round off here and we're going to give you the answer to the last episode's question and a new question. I'm going to answer the last question for you, which was how many goals has Harry Kane scored in the North London derby? The answer for that was 11. Well done if you did get that. It's quite quite an easy question, but I'm going to give you a bit of a tricky one this, this week. Now, we've seen the World Cup group come 
come around but how who won the first world cup the first world cup took place in the 1930s between a few confederations um, who could bring together a football team so in that remember that will be on the spotify poll that should be only on mobile unfortunately but remember if you did enjoy keep listening follow on spotify so you get latest updates and i hope you enjoy this was the football cast hosted by rocco